Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Well, it looks like we're stuck with each other for a little while. Uh, you are listening to Remap Radio. Uh, contrary to what you may have heard before, uh, the cast of Waypoint Radio, even though Waypoint the outlet has been shut down, uh, we are still going strong. This is our new podcast at our new company, uh, still supported by listeners, which you can learn more about at uh, remapradio.com. Uh, I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by uh, my partner in this, Patrick Klepek. Hello. How long did you think about that opening? Uh, about 20 seconds. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Kyle, <laughs> you looked like you were, like me, waiting yeah. with bated breath. It's like, What's what? he going to do? Is he going to, does he have a new Is thing? A whole does he have thing? a catchphrase? I, like, love, I love that the motherfucker who wrote, don't lean into a bit here. We need to, <laughs> this is for onboarding new new listeners, uh, is the one who was like, ooh, I could, we could, we could riff into a little bit here. Uh, you also heard bit. there our producer uh, and also a partner in this, Ricardo Contreras. The, the death, the, the, the news of our death has been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> But well, how some greatly ways exaggerated? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did lose our jobs. Yes. Severance did get real shaky for a while there. <laughs> and as of this recording, I mean, I'll believe that when it shows up yeah, in right. my bank account. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That lawyer could say all they want to say, but I'll believe it when it's in my bank account. And I'll and I'll tell you right now, like we don't know how much this is going to bring in. So far, it's brought in a princely sum. Uh, as as of recording time, uh, we have brought in about two hundred dollars across uh, three wow. days. Yeah, but that is not going to get it done if that pace keeps up. Now, admittedly, <laughs> that is uh, that is people who sort of took a few little. Subtle hints, uh, some breadcrumbs we, we spread out over on Waypoint Radio and figured out that we were starting this new thing and immediately subscribed <laughs> to uh, what was formerly a subscription service known as Waypoint Plus uh, and is now hooked up to Remap. Uh, so we just thought we'd record a sort of pilot episode, an episode zero, uh, to sort of seed the feed, as it were, uh, but also explain a little bit what we're up to here, what our plans are. Uh, maybe come cover some of the frequently asked questions people have had about what this is since we first soft announced it and then increasingly uh, just announced announced it. <laughs> uh, so I think the place to begin for people who are just joining us, because uh, we're going to be optimistic here and like think that tons of people who were never Waypoint fans will eventually find this podcast. Right. This is so, how the empire begins. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Like. <laughs> 
the cool. This is how we build our own HOA, Cato. No, our own little personal listener association. Yeah, L O A. So, uh, yeah, I think we are like we were all recently laid off from Vice Media. Uh, you may have read some stories about Vice over the past few years, increasingly dire ones about its finances. <laughs> and uh, it turns out the rumors were true. The company was not headed for anything good. And in after surviving a pretty astonishing uh, run of layoffs over a period of years, we were finally caught up in the layoffs that preceded the company uh, filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And that marked the end of our website and for what has been, for a lot of us, a passion project for a number of years and a huge, you know, I think for all of us also a huge portion of our identities, uh, professionally speaking, that marked the end of Waypoint. And uh, what Waypoint was about was, you know, like – when it was, it changed a lot over the years as Vice sort of handed down a lot of conflicting directives that often set us off in a new direction. It sort of began life as a as an predominantly editorial outlet uh, that was aiming to do a lot of and did do a lot of great investigative journalism, feature features writing, and really approaching video games news from angles and perspectives that were then not widely uh, seen or understood in the games industry and particularly games media. And I would say, I think on balance waypoint did substantially succeed in that mission. I think games coverage looks really different now than when we started over at waypoint. I don't think I can, we certainly can't put that all down to waypoint. It's not that, you know, we, <laughs> the spirit of waypoint walked forth and, and changed the world, but I do think <laughs> it exerted an influence. Uh, but as the years went by for a lot of pragmatic reasons to keep the company going, it also turned into more of a personality led video games website in the style of places like giant bomb. Ah, the, the place I left, it turned into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should do something else with my career. Oh, I'm, I appear to have found myself in the same place. I think the world is telling me something. <laughs> well, and what the world was telling you, I think, to a degree, was just where media is headed, uh, at least for people in our cohort right now. Maybe it'll change down the road, but uh, there's a reason that a lot of places pivoted into either being personality-focused things or, you know, it kind of ran aground. And so we were definitely responsive to those needs and those directives coming from the company, but also just kind of from the media landscape. And so, you know, a few years back, um, to kind of keep the lights on over at Waypoint, we started something that we've been advocating for years, actually, to be allowed to do, which was um, create a... I, yeah, I, this is DTC. how badly... DTC! Yep, I, <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but there it is. For a long it's your time. boy, DTC, and he's here to save your salary. <laughs> yeah, uh, this was. So the thing is, when we had initially floated these things as, well, what if we were subscriber supported? 
uh, that wasn't very interesting. People were like, that's not that's not cool. That's not the business that Vice wants to be in. Vice is going to sell for $5 billion, and it's infinite growth time here, baby. And <laughs> subscriber businesses don't sound like they have infinite growth. But a few years later, um, the, the you know circumstances had shifted. And also, when you stopped calling it a subscriber model and started calling it direct-to-consumer, <laughs> suddenly media people were like, ooh, wait, oh. that's a new thing. Let's get in on that. And so we were finally able to start uh, with some help, uh, with the help of some friends at Vice and, and colleagues, we were able to start a direct consumer slash subscription business called Waypoint Plus. And that we, got, probably we got a Vice all email out of that. Yeah. There was the, the, like the initial signups were at the high end of our expectations for where we were looking. And we got, I mean, this is rare. We would raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for charity and not get a vice all email. But this DTC, we got a vice all email that was look, look at what they've done. And we, and we didn't get another one after that. One and done, baby. Yeah, and so uh, you know, a few, a lot of things happened in the intervening time. Uh, the nature of a subscription business is that it kind of saturates and either begins to like grow slowly or uh, you know fall into a bit of what's called like the churn um, in in terms of like the the patterns where it's cyclical. How many people are subscribed to you at any one time? But the thing that doesn't continue to happen is the vertical line that you create when you start a new business and a bunch of people sign up. It doesn't continue being vertical, and executives really tend to hope that those things will stay vertical, uh, even though that is not the nature of most things. And so slowly they begin looking for ways to try and figure out how can we make it uh, more vertical again? How can we get more out of it? And a solution sort of pushed on us at the time was like, well, here, you know, if recording this many podcasts made line go up, maybe recording even more podcasts would make line go up more. Which was a poor idea on its face, but we did our best to like be good soldiers. We probably ended up doing a little bit like at that point, Waypoint Plus turned into it kind of consumed the entire site. It kind of consumed everything we were doing. It became a like a podcast uh, business. And in some ways, it, I guess, did prepare us for the end of our time at Vice because it also made Vice pretty redundant. Uh, it really did cut down on the. <laughs> on any sort of ability to get editorial <laughs> stuff done uh, around the other content stuff we were we were doing. Yeah, I mean, like when I was thinking, there's a, a phrase in the biz they call evergreen features, right? Where you come up with an idea that could be published at any time, but also would be relevant at any time so that people could find it regardless of whether the new Zelda's out. And you wrote about that. And it's like, well, you're trying to time that to people's interest in Zelda. I love. I still loved writing and still found time to write occasionally, but I had to think in the grandest possible spectrums of relevancy. <laughs> like, how can I write a story that the idea will exist now, and then when I publish it in four months, it will still be interesting to me and the audience? Because that is the span of time that often I had to think in, because there were rarely two like two whole days to myself where I'm going to buckle down and I'm just going to, I'm going to spend a whole afternoon researching. No, you're not. You're going to watch a rival. <laughs> you're going to watch Tarkovsky's uh, nostalgia. Watch might be, that, a, watch might be a generous interpretation of what I did for those two hours. Kinda. <laughs> and then wow. after that, 
you're going to stream you and your buddy power washing some fake locations. <laughs> yeah, I know. And- it's, Rob, it was, it's been so hard my whole life to explain what I do for a living, but it's relatively straightforward. Have you read a newspaper or a magazine? It's that. Video games. I can't even begin to broach <laughs> what I do anymore. I can't. I'm just going to keep telling people that's what it is. Because if I have to explain that I'm a sports analyst, like the whole, no one's going <laughs> to believe me. I'm going to start getting rejected for bank loans. You can't buy a car. That's a bunch of bullshit you're spouting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, uh, it definitely is a shift for all of us, I think, Um you know, my background, certainly before before Waypoint, I was a freelance uh, writer in games media for like a decade uh, thereabouts. And, you know, that is a hard line of work. I'll, you know, tell you tell you straight. Uh, that was a lot of work and a lot of having to hustle just to continue making like monthly rent. And one of the things that you know, you do as a freelancer is you do try to at least get known for a specialty, whether or not that is actually what you would want to be your specialty. It's just it, it's easier to like market yourself. <laughs> Esports, you, like, you Rob. Thing. Yeah. Uh, so like my, initially I was like kind of known as a strategy guy. Uh, I did a lot of strategy game reviews and a lot of strategy game coverage. I ran a podcast that's still going uh, under Len Hafer and a lot of my colleagues over there, but three moves ahead. Uh, which was a strategy games podcast. And, uh, you know, that was kind of my first, you know, phase of my career in games media. And then, yeah, like esports was an undercovered place, especially by people who were sort of seasoned writers. And so I started doing more esports coverage um, and ended up really taking to it. And that turned into basically becoming an esports guy full time. Uh, didn't you did we have two stints where did you do esports like hired as a regular contractor at Kotaku when I was there yes that's one of the first times we met at a office an office in Chicago let's call it yeah uh and you were working at Kotaku and I was working at or you were working for Kotaku I was working at Kotaku yeah and then okay I was I was pretty sure that lined up and then obviously (laughs) you know then later you were you know kind of hired on the on the back of the esports that's partially how you unlock Salary for a person is esports. They're big. We got a guy. He gets them. <laughs> Let's get them in the door. And at least that in that case, it was a full time job as opposed to a like, you know, contract gig that takes up the size of a part or full time job. And it was coming out of a, a full time job with Red Bull. Uh, their right. Esports department. Right. As well. Right. Mm. Right. Uh, so like that was kind of my background. Uh, I think as soon as I got to Waypoint, uh, there was a couple things. One was that the amount of things we'd bitten off for our staff size was kind of a lot. I think there were a lot of things that we, that that I certainly intended to do that became really challenging with just how much stuff was happening uh, day to day. And that was kind of always the story of waypoint, right? Is that, you know, we were, we we kind of created the core of what would ideally would have been a staff that would, you know, grow and continue to, uh, you know, extend its tendrils further. And instead, almost the minute I got there, like the locks came down, the gates came down and <laughs> now we're in a contraction period. Uh, but that's, that's kind of my, my background was like, I was a strategy guy. I was an esports uh, writer and waypoint 
allowed me to sort of stretch beyond that and cover more mainstream games that like as a freelancer, you'd never get to touch uh, because they're all reviewed in house. But also it is where podcasting went from like an occasional thing I was doing over at like three moves ahead to this is the business. Uh, this is, this is what we are doing. Uh, it's going to be podcasts and streams. And after a period of adjustment, uh, you know, I really, I really found I, I took to it in part because uh, you know, we were working with Austin Walker, who was our editor in chief at the time. And Austin is one of the very best in the business at that stuff in particular. And so if you have any sort of any sort of ability to do like pods and streams, uh, Austin is the guy who will like help you develop that talent and make you look like a pro, even when you are very much a, uh, you know, Joe's squad level talent. He has he uh, he ha- uh, reminds me of uh, Ryan Davis, uh, rest in peace, uh, in a lot of ways in that regard. Whenever you were on something with Ryan, just always went out of their way to make you feel not just welcome, but like you're contributing and you felt you felt good and like part of the part of the conversation. Uh, and I think Austin has has similar talents in that regard from a, a hosting capacity. But yeah, so that, like that's you know that's a short history of me, Patrick. I think. Uh, we're of a similar cohort, but very different uh, trajectories in the industry. And I think you have 10 years of experience on me. Yeah, I also <laughs> ran away from freelancing at literally the couple of times that it's come up due to job transitions or, or layoffs. The, the fact that you did it for 10 years, like stresses me out and I didn't do it because it is just such a tough life to live between getting pitches approved, getting invoices approved. At, I mean, just... The fact that you are still here after having done that is – and I always admire that about every freelancer. But yeah, I, I my my history of the industry goes – I sort of – it starts a little earlier, but I more or less mark it with uh, 1998 um, when I was 14 years old. It's the first E3 that I went to, E3 1998 in Atlanta, Georgia. It's the first time I met Brad Shoemaker in person after having been familiar with them online through some online chat rooms. I was very lucky to just – the website I picked – that became my IGN sort of equivalent was a place called Gaming Age. And they had a chat room that was connected to another chat room that basically, how how possibly could you just pick a random website that had a bunch of EGM editors hanging out every single day? And then also those EGM editors are not headquartered in California. That will happen much later. They actually are in Lombard, Illinois, about half an hour from where you live. And you're going to become friendly enough with them that at an extremely young age, you're going to start seeing them at E3 and hanging out in the uh, EGM offices that used to exist in Illinois. Charmed fucking life. Like, how how can you just, like, luck? <laughs> it, it's pure luck. Like, you know, it, it, just to have just wild happenstance. And, like, those were some of my first entries into professionals in the industry. I, I hit me. Can I interrupt? Yeah, I remember I think so I'm sure I've been aware of you before that, but I think one of the first like real memories I have of you actually was on. um, I don't think it was one of yours. It was the other show that was like ancillary to that. Um, There was one up show, the video one. There was one up yours, the flagship podcast. Then there was a couple of ones that orbited it like GFW radio. Although I don't know that I was ever on. No, it was a different one. one. Uh, It was like the Nick Um, Sutner one and Shane Bettenhausen uh, were on it a lot. But I feel like I I feel like I vividly remember Shane once confessing to you 
uh, that he'd always actually secretly resented you because <laughs> you'd gotten started so early. Uh, and it felt like you had this like utterly charmed path into the industry where you were just like allowed to start doing this as a kid and had this like wild leg up on a tremendous number of your peers. And that was the first I'd realized how young you were uh, for mm. where you were in the industry. And so as Shane's laying out this history, I was like, oh, yeah, no, fuck this kid. Because <laughs> uh, at that point, I'm like, you know, a few years in deep into freelancing and I'm still like, please, sir, may I have an assignment? Uh, and I'm like, wait, 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 like 10 years of experience, been doing E3 and like has been in with this crew since like, you know, the, the dawn of one up. That's that's L- long enough to have been paid by the word. Uh, like I did some magazine stuff for. I don't know if it was actually computer gaming world, but it was when they switched to G like the games for windows brand and the Microsoft had part. Like I, I was fortunate enough to be doing some, some magazine work uh, around a little before the era that, that one up started uh, in college that, you know, it was, it was kind of how I paid my rent and paid for, for, for beer money was reviewing the garbage. Uh, I was like, so almost, nobody wants to review that licensed video game. Send all five my way. Like I'll be happy. I'll be happy to work my way through those. And that's that. So yes, I was I was charmed in the sense that I had lucked into knowing all of these people, and that is an extraordinary leg up. And then it was also just I was happy and willing to just review whatever you would send me. Like where you're right. Like it's not really so you get to editor positions internal at places that the Final Fantasy code comes in, and then you get to play that. For me, it was like it's fine. Like well, and in those days. Like not everything got reviewed, but a shocking percentage of releases yes. got reviewed. Yes. Uh, there was a time where if it came out, IGN and GameSpot would find someone to cover it. Uh, yeah. If anything, I think the dial's gone way too far the other way. The business model has changed, but I think you know what sucks now is nothing really gets reviewed except like you know is this going to be a major game or not like Mm -hmm. the the tier now for review coverage is really really high which i think is really bad for criticism i think it's really bad for getting people interested in games beyond the mainstream but that's where it's gone but like back in those days you know we are talking about like the things that are you know, there's there's YouTubers that have an entire like income built around like absolute absolute drac that appears on Steam. Uh, but back in those days, it would be you have to sit with this drac and get as far with it as possible. <laughs> uh, you know, ideally roll credits, and you're just going to like just feast, just like really like sit down to this banquet of trash mm-hmm. and force force feed yourself. Uh, this this food and then write a review of it. The thing that always astonishes me is, um, you know, we're also friends with and uh, they're I think they're a cohort ahead of us. But like, I'm always astonished when I look at like the next lander guys. Um, when I look at Brad or Alex's or uh, you know, again, rest in peace, Ryan. But like when I look at their output in those days, the generosity and good spirit with which re- with which they reviewed those games, their <laughs> willingness to meet those games like on their own terms, where they were, yes. Because like to me, I like I know that when I've encountered those games, I've tended to be very harsh, right? Not not necessarily, and I'm going to try to write a like poison pen review, but just in terms of like this sucks. This is so far beneath what is at all acceptable uh, in games these days. When I'm when I'm reviewing them, when I'm when I'm writing, and it's so weird to go back to you know, Alex or Ryan's old uh, author pages at places like, uh, you know, GameSpot and 
they are dealing with games that are way, way worse. Well, because you're, you're, it was back in the games are products day, right? Yeah. When you're reviewing a game as a product, you're more likely to meet it where it is relative to expectations of what is this trying to accomplish? Not that that isn't still sort of a bar that you're thinking about when you're like reviewing things or criticizing things or analyzing things these days. But it was very much, it's a Sims, like, yeah. Well, I'm re- reviewing the Sims expansion. So, but also find this they're worthwhile in it. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. Uh, like I think Ryan was the one who reviewed uh, the Thing video game. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, he ended up in a place with that game that was very different from when you and I finished it off <laughs> uh, on stream. <laughs> and it's kind of like remarkable that, uh, yeah, like the critic, the critics who did that work did not totally get burned out on it and become just like kind of, uh, Game, you know, budget game haters. Yes, yes, for sure. And so, yeah, so I, 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 I also was a fortunate at a point where uh, Luke Smith, who is the design, one of, I think the design director at Bungie now, extremely high up, um, and works on Destiny, you know, worked on Destiny, is working on something new now. He was someone that came in as a news editor for One Up, and literally right as I was graduating college, again, when I say these things out loud. Okay, I'm literally graduating in, you know, late May, early June. And then I get an email from John Davison over at 1UP, who was the not EIC, but managing editor. I was like, hey, you can have the job if you can get out here in three weeks. I was like, I can just have it. You can just have it. You got three weeks. Got to move to San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) So that's when I told my then girlfriend, now wife, you want to move to California? Came out there, got paid absolute shit. You know, I think like. 42 grand or something like that to, I mean, it's, that's a long time ago, but it wasn't, it wasn't much back then either. Um, and yeah, and then kind of bounced between a bunch of different places. And then, you know, my big transition similar to you happens a little bit earlier when I, when I go to giant bomb hired as a news editor was not meant to be on the podcast was not meant to be part of quick looks. That was not what I was budgeted in for. It was kind of an SEO play. Like it'd be nice to have news here. And then it just felt kind of awkward to have me in the office not on <laughs> the other stuff that they were doing. And that was when I kind of made this transition that I, I tried to do with G4 a little bit. I was on some of their videos and podcasts because that was kind of, that stuff was kind of happening post one up where that was really popularized. Um, and, but there wasn't really space for me at, at G4 to do that, uh, all that often. Uh, and, and Giant Bomb, I really got to kind of spread my wings in that regard, figure out my voice. Apologies retroactively to the, tens of thousands of readers and listeners who had to listen to me awkwardly discover what it's like to have a, you know, <laughs> Patrick, stop interrupting people. I'm like, well, I don't know how to, because I've never done a podcast before. You know I mean? Like just learning on the fly, how to have like group interactions and fit and all that stuff. But I, I learned that at giant bomb and, you know, bounced between a couple of places since then. And well, then you'd you know, say you've learned to stop interrupting people. No, definitely not. But now <laughs> I do it. Inten- now I do it intentionally. Uh, so Ricardo, Hi. Tell us about your background here, because you have a very different profile than either of us. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I only started this. I always have to do this math every time I think about it. This is, was it five years? I guess it was a year after Waypoint started, I think. Right. Or two years? Didn't we have we had someone leave, right? Yeah. And that's Danica, what opened the door. Danica, so this is a very yeah. funny thing is you were hired as a temporary social uh, social media manager. <laughs> yes. I was hired for a very different job. Um, because yeah, Danica had to leave waypoint. And so I filled in, um, as interim social media manager during which I, <laughs> I, um, 
started by making like audiograms before like there were tools which like are now much more widely spread um i like fiddled around and figured out a way like look this is a way we can make more social assets i was like i pulled on pulling on a lot of (laughs) a lot of um knowledge that i had gained from my previous life and career as an artist i have i have a master's of fine fine art um i basically since uh middle school had been going to the the local in florida uh the local um magnet art schools um first for band first for music then then for community what is known as communications uh which was the film. Yeah, I, was, I was in a college of communications right, right. I did my it yeah, was like it was ours yeah it was like film tv the the newspaper speech and debate all of that was under communications. What I mostly did was photography, film, and graphic design stuff um, at, in high school. Um, ended up going to college for photography, which is w- w- where I ended up kind of landing uh, on medium mediums. And then eventually making my way to uh, a studio practice that ended up in like a installation-based, light-based work kind of thinking about photography a lot but like ended up like leaving the dark room once i got to my master's program um but throughout this obviously like i've i'd been a like long time you know just fan of games and gaming of, of all sorts um one of my favorite things to do as a child when my family would because my my mom would never leave us alone at the house when she needed to go get groceries. So we'd go to the Publix, and I would sit by the magazine rack and like just pour through whatever the EGM was there. It doesn't matter if I had already read it like last week. I'm gonna read it again, <laughs> like as far as I could get. Um, but I was like, right in that like window of like being. I'm, I'm a little younger than y'all, so when I was doing that, I wasn't old enough to be the type of person who thinks about following people or following like uh like writers or things like that so like after like my early life and like once i started to kind of focus on like the thoughts of what i wanted to do as a career um i like went into a much more casual like mode of engaging with uh gaming in general i also like as a kid I got like one game a year. It was like my birthday game. <laughs> that was it. And so like I was on like the two games a year program. Yeah. But rentals, rentals covered a lot of gaps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. There was there was a there was a time where I could convince them to let me rent a game, but then even I like I just kind of ended up going into the like, all right, I'm gonna grab uh I'm just the one game will be like a a, a million hour RPG that I can play forever. <laughs> right? Uh this is this is that thing. This is that thing people talk about with like, you know, length of games. But um I like yeah, I became a like much more like uh casual observer of gaming. Like I had the one RSS feed which was Kotaku's um that like i kind of half checked every you once have to get in a while the latest from patrick Klapik. yeah absolutely yeah it was it was it's very funny like that was the one like name that like i didn't even 
Did Real you ignore it? You're like, can I do like a custom RSS feed? Like, <laughs> just pull right. out one of these bylines? No, it's just, we learn this from Kato? It, you would think that, given the fact that I had an RSS feed of Kotaku, mm-hmm. I would have followed you from there to, um, like through to Waypoint. Eh, there was not a byline place. Like right. bylines existed, right. but it, it, Kotaku is not a. The bylines are there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those th- those articles do have voices, right? But right. it is, but it, it's a different model totally. and approach and that is and not you the weren't doing personality that, stuff really until you were giant bomb like well i went to kotaku after right. uh giant bomb but oh, part, right. part of the tv news right that's where your background with uh like Tatilla begins right yeah yeah i went i, I did one up and tv news 2008 financial crisis hits g4 yeah we don't talk about egm2 <laughs> uh, <laughs> giant bomb uh Kotaku, yeah. and then and then yeah. and then Waypoint, and then new thing. <laughs> yeah. So, because Kato, because what I remember is that like it seemed like such a natural thing when our original social media manager uh like had had to leave uh due to some other stuff. Uh, Danica recommended you as the person who could sort of step in and replace her with like like one you'd be a good fit, and two you kind of like knew what the workload would be. And what's funny is that. All of us kind of felt like we knew you, uh, even though we didn't. But <laughs> right. like you'd been such a presence in the community, and like, is that because of like Austin doing friends at the table like brings you in, or had you gotten on to us via other means? The 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 real thing was, I followed. I don't know. I think it was it was like a a double whammy of both. Following, I think Heather Alexandra on Twitter, mm-hmm. and happening, happening to happening, I happened to catch her tweeting about being on the seventy-two hour, and then also soon after or in the same window, oh, okay, I was also following like Griffin McElroy, and he tweeted about being on the seventy-two hour, and I was like, what is gotcha. this thing that people are going to and being on? And then I like watched the seventy-two hour. I remember this very clearly because I was like. I was having a rough time in uh <laughs> in in the studio. Uh definitely spent uh like two days where I was supposed to be working on an upcoming uh crit. Instead, I was just like sitting on my laptop in my studio watching the 72 hour stream being like these people seem really sick cool. though. It was sick. It was great. This, this is the one thing. One of the coolest one of the coolest things I've ever been yeah. associated with. It was it was so just a wild couple of days. Austin yeah. sleeping on a couch upstairs because we told Austin, I know you're supposed to be in these next couple of segments. You're not. You're going to go upstairs <laughs> you're gonna go if you won't go home. <laughs> and like just the vibes of all the like main people who are like part of the like main crew, the choices they made in the, like some of the guests seemed really interesting. And the, the like kind of like mission that was being pushed during the time was like, this seems amazing. I hadn't personally really engaged with uh, gaming criticism that like that, even though like it did exist in corners of the blog, but like I wasn't aware of it if it wherever it did exist. And this was just like the first time I was like, oh, this is a way to think about like I was literally trying to make work at the time about my engagement with video games. A lot of my thesis work actually um dealt with uh originally dealt with um because it lined up with the release of the division a game set Mm. in a not quite one-to-one but very like 
you know, just off-putting enough recreation of New York City where I was living. And so, like, I was talking a lot about, you know, simulacra, hyper-reality, hyper and, like, um, like doing a lot of video work around that. Um, and so, like, I was already in the frame of mind of just, like, thinking sideways about games that I was right. like, oh, great, this place is doing a similar thing of just, like, considering them past, like, what I was used to in my childhood of, like, yeah, this this feels good. Like to play good game, great. Like, and like that's being um, reductive of like early uh, gaming uh, criticism. But it was it was still like it felt like a sea a sea change to me being yeah. kind of removed from the whole industry. Right. Um, it's it's funny to hear that because like in some ways Waypoint was such a continuation of a lot of other movements that have been happening. Right. Uh, going back to like the the one up dot com era, really. Uh, so like it's 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 interesting like it makes perfect sense that like Waypoint was kind of the first time a major media company was going to build a like what was intended to kind of be a mainstream mainstream games brand around that type of games coverage right and uh, also Austin looked different than any other forward facing <laughs> editor that you know what I mean like, I don't thing. I don't think that can be ignored as no. well like that was like. It's like, huh? Like, what are they doing here? It's not just the same white guys. I mean, he would then later go on to hire one of those same white guys. <laughs> me. But the person who's put out in front, I think that I think that, that cannot be discounted. 100%. as like one of the reasons like, hey, maybe this place is doing something different. Um, Like what? Like Austin was, you know, a giant bomb elevated his profile. But like that was where he got to like, this is my stamp. This and is also what coming I'm doing. from an academic background where like nobody, yes. nobody, yes. like had the lens that Austin brought yeah. into play with games. Uh, you know, the, or like, forwarded that as like that's the, that's where we're starting, right? Right, as opposed to you know we've got reviews and news and criticisms. One of the things we do in here, it's like no, th that day one, that is what we're forwarding and how we're speaking about yeah. games, which is which is pretty fundamentally different than anything. Um, at a major site was doing. Um, yeah, definitely. It is. It, it is absolutely killing me though that um, Kato Kato Esports did because Kato was <laughs> like, "I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna do all those audiograms for you. You can do all those social media things to promote the podcast." Yeah, we're gonna and make it flash work. forward like Kato. Kato, could you please, could we please have social media assets? <laughs> and I'm well, super I have different. I, have I did the audiograms and then gave up. I was like, I don't think we're getting anything out of these. I did them for <laughs> like that six too. months. That's the thing. People don't seem to be Over moved under. by audio. I need to learn how to make a TikTok. Yeah, uh, we gotta make well, a TikTok. Just, oh shit, I gotta make a TikTok. Oh, you gotta make a TikTok. I'm gonna make that's a TikTok. A good, I forgot. I got. I forgot um, TikTok. So. <laughs> you know, I think the other day uh, I was so one of the other things that is sort of defined that that defined Waypoint was its community. Kato was a member of that community, was a moderator in that community. Yeah. Um, but that community was one of the you know real pride and joys of the site, and still still is like the Waypoint community is still out there. You know, they they as we always kind of knew they would they would they outlived Waypoint itself. Uh, the other day when I started talking to the mods about starting up remap, one of them did, one of them did ask like, well, what's the, do you have like a vision or a mission statement or like, what is, what is the goal for a place like remap? And, you know, in, in some ways, like I, I tend to be very, 
I tend to be very wary of things like that. I don't like to, I'm, I'm very wary of like over promising. Um, but I think the other, the other part of it is that, you know, everything that waypoint represented was kind of a product of its time and was a roadmap for what we thought we would have a chance to build over at vice. And I think we carried a lot of those values with us through a lot of changes in strategy. But I also do feel that as the years went by, what Waypoint was doing today, day to day, was further and further and further and further afield from maybe what we had initially set out to do, and that's okay. Like I'm still proud of the work we did in those later years. I loved what we did with uh, Waypoint Plus. I I had a lot of fun, but the thing that I don't feel like I could do in good faith right now is sort of give that pitch where, and we're going to do what Waypoint set out to do, which is have the conversations from angles that other people aren't having them. And we're going to, you know, push the industry in this direction. Uh, there's, there's a few factors for that. I think, you know, one is that the industry did move in a bit of a direction. There's great investigative reporters out there that are doing work that, you know, when I think Waypoint at its peak, I would still envy the work they are doing, right? The Nicole Carpenters of the of the world, the the Reb people Valentines. make games, all the stuff that's happening there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and so to an extent, like that work is being done. Uh, it's it's incredible work, but I think it would be very disrespectful in some ways to pretend that that work isn't being done and that it needs us to go do it. And so, you know, for, to to a degree, that kind of mission statement would land differently today. I think the other part of it is that remap is really not so much the successor to waypoint. It is the successor and continuation of waypoint plus, which was a subscription model that was entirely driven by personalities and driven by how weird the group of personalities became. over the years. <laughs> And, I don't, and a little bit of how much uh, can we put, how far can we push this audience? Yeah. What will or will they not let us get away with? Increasingly, as it felt like the axe was swinging closer to our necks. It was like, who, who's going to tell us no? Let's see if the number, if number goes down. Um, and increasingly people, not that everyone listened to everything that we do. I'm sure people sort of became selective over the things that they, they were interested in, but Broadly speaking, we were continuing to get latitude, less latitude from who we worked for, more latitude from who it felt like we actually worked for, which was the audience. And, so, and that tension essentially snapped, you know, uh, exaggerated by the financial uh, issues with with Vice as a media company. But uh, I don't think I'm betraying anything to say in our in leaving certain conversations indicated that was going to snap eventually no matter what happened. That might have been a year from now. It might have been a it might have been two years from now. I don't know. But it was it was it was more or less made clear that the writing was on the wall for this model, even if it was successful on the merits. Uh that th- something was gonna have to fundamentally shift. And I don't I that might have been something where we got pushed out regardless, because that wouldn't be something we wanted to do anymore. Oh, like hands down. I, I there were some conversations that were definitely like 
it was very sad, very regretful conversations, but also there was a bit of, we just didn't think it would happen so soon. And I was like, <laughs> but you thought it would happen, which was the first time I, like, we'd had inklings before that, like, maybe higher ups wanted more, but it was the first time it was kind of confirmation that, oh, yeah, yeah like, you guys were probably in your last 18 months, regardless of, uh, like, what happened with this. Hey, we tried, man. We tried to do, we tried to do that E3 meeting. You know, like, we were, we were ready to find, other ways to bring in some money for the. We're, I'm re- I'm ready to get out there. Those folks are still there. They're still out there pitching. Yeah, uh, but I think that mm. like, and so I I think part of it is yeah we we have a we have a personality led thing that we are continuing with, and I think the the short term, in some ways, what is this all about? What is your goal for it? Is a very big question, and again. I refer you back to we literally just lost our jobs. Uh, you know, I, think day, I think the day you are listening to this, there's a decent chance we are sitting in a Zoom meeting being handed paperwork by a complete stranger <laughs> and told, like, you know, how sorry they are that, you know, it's it's had to come to this. But blah, blah, blah. It's a very weird experience that uh, mm. we've already gotten a taste of. It's going to be weirder on the day of. But there is a tendency, and I think certainly that that. I don't think meant, anyone meant to be pushy about it the day we initially found out we were being laid off. But people do want to know, like, well, what's next? Like, you guys are like, you guys are going to fix this, right? Like, you guys are going to, you guys have a plan. And you're going to take off with the new thing. And for me, it's like, I literally thought I probably had another year here or so, and I thought my life would like look this certain way. And we are already way off the map for what I had planned <laughs> for the next year or so of my life. And so. Like, to a degree, what this is going to turn into, where it's going, is something we're going to be discovering together, both as a group of business partners and as people talking to an audience. The the thing we have right now as sort of a, you know, God help me, it is, it is a waypoint here, is what we were doing <laughs> for Waypoint Plus. Uh, that yeah. is the shape of a thing that we can do for the time being while we figure out what this business is going to turn into. So short term remap is effectively what waypoint plus was already doing um you know it's going to be us continuing with uh projects we'd undertaken we had a movie series that you know we would rotate through uh you know the team everyone picking a movie that sort of directly or tangentially related to the previous movie and we would talk about those critically um i somehow was allowed to start doing a podcast where we where myself, Alex Navarro and Dia Lucina, uh, like watch the entire filmography of Michael Mann, <laughs> uh, director of heat thief, uh, the keep. And so that is, we have a few more, you know, installments of that before we call it, we call, we call it a day. Uh, next on the docket is oh, his watch out. He's about to make uh, another Ferrari. <laughs> oh, I know I'm ready. Uh, but, Next on the docket, you know, we're looking at his HBO series Luck uh, that he made with David uh, Milch uh, of Homicide, the Life on the Street, Life on the Street and Deadwood fame. Mm. Uh, also, and John from Cincinnati, correct? Yes. Milch? Yeah, I, I loved that show. I loved shit, that I show. Never, I, see, uh, I think only <laughs> I think I saw Seppenwall refer to it in a piece about Luck. And I was like, what the hell is John from Cincinnati? I pretty much haven't seen anything else Milch has done. And I watched John from Cincinnati because it was just on HBO and ad- adored the show. It's a it's a weird show. But. OK, I, I need to check that out because like Milch is a genius, but we're getting we're getting far afield. Uh, mm-hmm. 
we also had promised people that we were going to do a series of retro game, like game retrospectives uh, for Waypoint Plus. Uh-huh. We mm. got through a couple of them and then didn't get through any more of them. So we still owe Ren people. Chuck. Patrick. Chuck. Rob. Chuck. Chuck. Natalie. Natalie. Natalie had to make an award-winning game, was the thing. Yeah. Um, so Natalie was very busy making Immortality. Uh, and so that was, you know, obviously we understand it. Uh, but, yeah, that's something, like, we're going to, like, revisit and we're going to finish off System Shock. I think this month we have a couple dates penciled in for some streams. And now we have the System Shock remake. So that should be good grist for the conversational mill. <laughs> and then after that... Kato has been so patient, and so have the fans of this game. We are going to finally look at Final Fantasy Tactics. Amazing. It's time. And, that, and then that, like, you know, as that stuff winds down, um, that'll free us up to contemplate what comes next in the future. Um, part of that is going to be, you know, figuring out what the what the vision is for this. I think the... What's what the financial shape is, yeah. right? Like we yeah. we are fortunate to have varying degrees of severance. We but that that runs out eventually, right? And and we're we're incredibly grateful and fortunate that this comes with a floor to some degree, um, because we've been able to inherit the business and and bring all of you over with us. And but in terms of you know once you start adding in expenses between like lawyers hosting fees like we've been discovering a lot of that along the way mm-hmm. and it starts adding up and then everyone's insurance situations are different you know just there, there are a lot of visible costs that suddenly become very visible and then you know I think we're trying to go into this with modest expectations which is why we're setting modest expectations with the audience and if we are allowed to grow we're in which it's taking up more of our time. If we are allowed to get more ambitious with w- what this, this could be, then I think all of us will be excited to move in that direction. But rather in the same way that like, this isn't a sequel to waypoint, you know, and it's more just a sequel or, you know, a continuation of waypoint plus in many ways, it gives us a time to figure out what, what you as the audience want this shape to be. And then also to think about, okay, if we were to start this over two years later, what are the kinds of, what kind of things would we want to make? How would we want to talk about that? How do we structure that? We always want, Rob and I have always talked about having more guests. Like, how do we get guests in? Can we pay those guests? Like, there are all these, like, logistical things that we, the way, like, end of summer works out, especially in terms of, like, the way that, like, Ren is thinking about what uh, she's going to do with, you know, her ambitions to get into sort of design work. Everything kind of neatly lines up with let's just deliver what we were promising before. And that'll give us time to see what this is. And then also have time to think about what we would want to do. Cause more or less we have spent the entirety of the time once this became realistic and we were committed to it, like essentially a solid three weeks, just building this and not thinking too far in front of, can we just get everything off the ground by June 2nd? Yeah. And we will worry about what's after that, after that. So like inventing a new podcast series, like, well, I did. <laughs> and I, I post I paste I pasted that to Rob and Connor. I'm very I'm, I'm very excited about about the potential for that one. But that's like goes in a bucket, and we'll see if we have the room and ambitions for that as as this shakes out. 
And I think something else, and like again, this was something I talked about with the mods the other night when it was asked this story about the the vision thing. I think so much of what we'd done as Waypoint was about just being in survival mode and having to react to one more curveball after another. Like there wasn't a lot of intention in how we built this all out or how, you know, our workflows work, which is a sort of bullshit businessy term. But like once you live it, actually workflow does become something you think a lot about is like, how does the, how do the daily pieces fit together? How do you work as a team? What happens to each like project you're working on at every stage? And a lot of waypoint was, uh, you know, it was running to catch up to a train that was always pulling away from the station. We were always sort of trying to catch up to our ambitions or catching up to the things that like Vice had sort of obligated us to do. And, I, you know, I think, you know, for me, certainly, and I, I, I hope for all of us, like something we're coming into this with is let's find a way to do the stuff that people really did value with Waypoint Plus. Uh, but let's do it in a way that also lets us take more joy from the work as well. Uh, and lets us take more joy from life outside the work as well. And, uh, you know, have an easier time with those obligations, uh, you know, that are happening beyond work. Because the other part of this is when Waypoint started, it was six years ago, I was significantly younger, but also just in a place in life where I can make my life fit around a job really easily. I'll just do that. Six years later, things change and suddenly there's a lot of stuff that had like that has to fit around stuff going on in life. And that's just non-negotiable. And that is a complete, like, you know, it is like the photo negative version of your work life balance, right? Like it's <laughs> what you were able to do in your twenties and early thirties. And then like the camera clicks and everything is flipped and it's got to like function completely differently. And that's kind of the stage where, where I certainly am at. And I suspect, you know, many of us are as well. So, you know, really, if, in some ways, it's not like a, a public facing mission statement, but I think one real goal I have for this is for us to uh, be able to deliver stuff people love while also like remaining in a great place with it ourselves from a like emotional and, you know, health standpoint. And then also creativity. Uh, you know, you do your best work when you're, you know, when you are given space to reflect and uh, decompress a bit. So that's a that's a big part of this program. Uh, we talked a little about a little bit about the cost stuff. Um, we might as well just get into those changes. Uh, there's nothing very exciting to announce here. We're adding a new tier. I think the thing we have to caveat here right now is that for now it's kind of empty real estate. Like, don't get me wrong. I I would love it if y'all subscribe to the new the brand new plus tier are we calling it the plus tier i don't i don't i think that causes confusion coming from tier, yeah. plus yeah. because we're all, we started at plus five is plus with waypoint plus either way the ten dollar tier a new tier yeah. a new higher tier and right now there's not a whole lot of stuff we have lined up to fill that feed and like we have a few things planned that will go in there you know starting this month pretty, pretty early, but longer term, that's probably going to be where a lot of the, you know, premium podcasts end up. And part of that is just because of now that we do see how all these numbers work out and there's no subsidies coming in from vice at all. What was an okay revenue for waypoint plus becomes much harder uh, as a group of individuals doing the same work. The other part of it is that, 
we never did feel particularly okay with asking people to pay more for a thing that Vice owned. Because yeah. even with Waypoint Plus, people were like, well, what happens to this? There were so many things where people were like, what happens to Waypoint Plus money? What happens to Twitch subscription money? What happens to all like all the stuff? And the answer pretty consistently has been, we don't know. Like it helps in a in a way. We still have our jobs. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like and that, and, and that was the that was fr- frankly true. We did not have access to like where does that all feed into? And then when you're looking at red and black, where does it come out? And basically the message we got from the people that were above us was like, you're doing enough. It's cool. Like it's a good, solid business and uh, you're justifying all of your salaries between how everything adds up. Um, but, you know, now that we have access to all those numbers, like I mean, you, we can feel more comfortable saying when you sub to at twitch.tv slash remap radio, that is helping the business. That is the reason we can do X, Y, and Z. That is the reason we can think about, oh, actually, like maybe, maybe we could do that. Maybe we could do that. Like that is directly fed into the thing we are building as opposed to this blob that was like, well, it's helping us until it isn't. And that's why there's always this like funny tension when we're doing some of the final streams at Waypoint where like the hype train comes through <laughs> and people have their free subs that come from an Amazon Prime subscription. And it is funny. It's a funny bit. And I'd be given my free sub too. But that was just where it was one of those things where we just didn't feel like we never fully engaged and probably won't fully engage with this new venture either with like, let's hit 30 subs for there's the a level of sweatiness. I don't think we're comfortable with just as individuals. Mm. I just no, don't think but we will. But we will. Barker in them. No, we, no, we, and we I don't. I, I just can't imagine the edge of that with the wheel. That was fun. The wheel though. was fun. Yeah. This is a thing. It was fun. The wheel was great, and then Rob destroyed it. <laughs> but that was great too. <laughs> that was also, like, the, it was a great arc. Bit. It was a we made a fantastic narrative from that stream. <laughs> like it exactly. was beautiful. Okay, for people, so who I, I would, don't I would know imagine what we're talking about. <laughs> I was playing Resident <laughs> Evil One. I was maybe taking too long with it, and I was being too deliberate in my play. And also, Kato and Patrick, to keep things interesting for themselves and to move me along and keep things interesting for the audience, introduced sort of a wheel of misfortune in mm-hmm. which uh, various spins created different constraints I'd have to play under or more directly different ways to mess with me while I played Resident Evil. And I found it very stressful because, like, it was, you know, the pressure of being watched, like, while you play amplify that now with a thing that is like designed to mess with you mess with your head oh that's why Uh, you got hit by the boulder so many times right that's why okay (laughs) that you know what that stuff is over at the old waypoint uh like youtube page rob's secretly hoping vice burns it all down and deletes the vod there's something real obvious i couldn't control that little fucking character to save my life anyway the point is so this wheel's introduced and eventually i did stop responding to its commands uh, <laughs> because I was like, I am a free man and I'm a name, not a number. And I am going to finish this game uh, playing it in the way I find comfortable. The wheel returned at the dead space stream where again, I was sort of in over my head, but the threat of the wheel was so effective that as Kato and Patrick were whipping together a new little wheel, I, I completed the, wheel. the section <laughs> That was the blocker because I was like, I need to block in or the wheels coming back. I need to get on my game. And I entered like, oh, you know, MLG. The gamer zone. No scope. Yeah. 
yeah, it was yeah, and got through without the wheel. But the wheel, it sounds like the wheel's coming back. Uh or something like I think that is the way we think about yeah. how do we engage with what is part of the frankly part of the culture of these websites. And now that that money would go directly to us, uh, how do we engage that in a way that feels not icky? And it'll be that. And so not, not every stream will have something, but you can feel at least you can at the base level, you can feel better knowing that when you give us the Bezos money from the free sub, that's going to us yeah. and that whatever happens around that, you know, we will do our best to do we you can imagine we're not going to push stuff unless we think it's like a fun bit and and beyond that we'll just that's what the member that's what the membership exists for is so that we don't have to do those things right like at the end of the day the 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 subscriptions that uh you uh that all of you sign up for allow us to in you know edge off those other things that other people have to engage with in order to you know, pay their bills. And it's like, if that allows us to not have to feel <laughs> that gross, then we, you know, we'll, we like the grossness that is engaging with the audience paying for us to, to inc- watch increasingly weirder stuff uh, over time. That That is, that is the one that I feel, <laughs> I feel good about, but. Um, so to, to start like a lot of folks, this, so this was the big constraint handed to us. We do annual sales drives of memberships, or we did with Waypoint Plus. Things got really out of hand with the last one. Tons of people signed up for annual memberships to Waypoint Plus uh, that like started running in January. And uh, then we were laid off in April. And so there's a lot of folks who have subscriptions running out uh, into next year. And then a lot of folks found ways to stack gift subscriptions on top of the regular subscriptions. And we were doing sales like every couple of months yeah. they didn't get on a predictable path like it was we so, learned a lot of hard lessons in in those two years we uh luckily it wasn't with our bottom line Just well so, except now we kind of is because <laughs> now the it is yeah. none of those folks have any none of those folks need to pass right now because we're honoring the annual subscriptions yeah However, if people want to upgrade to the ten dollar, uh, you know, feed, though we have prorated, uh, you get a prorated, uh, you know, cost, uh, prorated charge to upgrade the balance of your membership to the ten dollar feed. Uh, but for people who have annuals and just want to stay where they're at, no worries. That stuff, that stuff is getting honored. Moving forward, the five dollar tier will provide access to ad free, the ad free version of the podcast, uh, and to our sports podcast. Uh, a little bit early before it hits the main feed. And then later the $10 uh, tier is where all the stuff is going to live moving forward. But for now five is going to have manhunting. It's going to have waypoint one oh one. It's going to have sports early. Uh, so that stuff, that stuff isn't changing in the near future. I think the first thing that's planned for the $10 tier is Patrick and Kato and I have independently all been talking about like how much we loved the bear uh, when it came out around <laughs> yeah. the, the second season of the bear. So I want to, finally had that conversation about like why season one was so damn good and uh, you know, get it, get ourselves primed for season two of uh, revisiting the crew at the original beef of Chicago. And, um, and it may be like what, what happens a little bit in that tier. And I'm just, I'm just throwing this on both of you uh, uh, as I, this idea came to me is sort of like experimentation, right? Like we want to talk about the bear. It is better to have explicit promises that we can make to you of like, this is a show. This is how it's structured. This is when it'll be delivered. So you get some sense of what you're paying for. That's very reasonable. I think some of what we might be doing over the summer is in that tier, 
I just want to I just want to record this thing. Let's just go do it, and then it'll live there. But it doesn't necessarily come with the explicit promise that that tier is something beta. regular. It's a skunk works it tier is. right now. It, it is a skunk works <laughs> tier, and and I think that's where like what I an idea comes to mind. I'm going to jot it down, and maybe we try we test something there, and then hopefully, if we're lucky enough, we'll be able to then pitch you at a later date on. Here's what this thing is. It turns out it's an actual fucking business, and we're excited to promise x y and z and i think a little bit of that experimentation will be happening at that tier um as we as we have those ideas yeah and so like again if you want to be part of that and that sounds fun uh you can uh subscribe to the ten dollar tier uh all that is at remapradio.com but also if you're a five dollar if you have a five dollar annual membership and you want to upgrade it uh you can do that there too and uh the charge will be prorated and that would be helpful to us because there's a whole lot of folks who um as of right now all the revenue they're supposed to (laughs) all the revenue they contributed to waypoint uh is still with vice and there's no there there's no getting that back and indeed that was sort of like one of the cases we were able to make for taking this business out of the company was nobody wanted to deal with how you're supposed to handle unfulfilled annual memberships. So, you know, to, to a degree, like there's no hard feelings about it at all. Vice didn't screw us on this. Uh, We took a liability knowingly. Yeah. Uh, But it, but it was part of the cost of launching remap. Uh, So moving forward, you know, this is, we get a chance to sort of, again, rethink a lot of things, waypoints, emails and socials and various addresses to find waypoint stuff got very convoluted over the years, especially as other imposter businesses began to move in on uh, the sacred territory of waypoint <laughs> remap radio kind of solved. Talking about problem. that. Are you talking about that sweater, the $95 sweatshirt. No, I'm talking, I'm talking about the, <laughs> I know, I know the cafe. I know the, t- I know. the, the multiple cafes, the cafes, one was like here in like Boston. That's like for normies, mm-hmm. and there was like a gamer place. In either case, I'm uh, yeah. There's also, a there's, gamer, like, there's a gamer place here in New York, Waypoint Cafe. Mm-hmm. Also, cool. there's like a gun range now that's named Waypoint, and it's like, are you triggered, Lib? <laughs> and <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's not good. Oh my god. Yeah, like it's the closest I've been. Like we should just C and D this people, like vice lawyers, like <laughs> just C and D some people. Um, but point is. Remap Radio is pretty much always going to be us on any platform. RemapRadio.com, that's us. RemapRadio.net, holy shit, we got two top-level domains <laughs> uh, at the good at the good addresses. Yeah, we did it. Uh, Remap Radio on t- uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, Blue Sky, co-host. We're Remap Radio Instagram. everywhere. Instagram. Now on TikTok. Coming soon, TikTok. I'll double check. I think by the time by the time yeah, this yeah. is 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 up, I there'll, there'll be a TikTok. I, I imagine, yeah. There'll be a TikTok. Mm-hmm. I mean, all you do, do is to- you make a TikTok, then you just put that onto the Instagram reels. That's what everyone's doing. And then you just steal anyways. people's videos. Jesus Christ. Done so. <laughs> Don't even need AI. Just like, <sighs> oh wow, like people thought this is pretty funny. Boop. <laughs> Yeah, become a meme better than generating content it's just what the stealing platform the content does that, what am i like mm-hmm. what did i say that was so wrong <laughs> anyway point is uh remap radio that's uh that's where we're going to be 
Uh, next week is when this thing formally kicks off. We'll have the full team there. Uh, Renata Price will will be here. It'll be something of a more normal show. That will drop on Friday. That is going to be – Kato did some data analysis, and we found that yeah. of the two podcasts a week we did, this is opposite what I thought it would be. The Friday podcast was the more heavily uh, like trafficked one. Uh, so – we're keeping the Friday day for the main pod and then premium pods. Which we love games. I feel like we haven't – I want to – if you've someone gotten to the end and gotten the impression that you're subscribing for only our strictest, strangest indulgences, that is not the case. Like, I mean yeah, that is to, to somewhat the case. Uh, but <laughs> like we are still going to have a games-focused pod. Like that is – we may be losing some of the writing along the way because because of, of sort of like the scale of ambition and what we're capable of and the time that we have. But we still want to talk about games in the way we talked about games at Waypoint. And that will still remain one of the pillars of, of Remap is trying to take that sense of conversation and that, that sense of thinking about games as these cultural, political, interesting objects. And that is still going to be one of the foundational pieces of what – what we do here. And then we also talk about the bear <laughs> and the bears. So, I mean, the those bear, are three pillars, bears. like the bear, bears. the bears, and then Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah. And video games, <laughs> the Holy Trinity. Yeah. Uh, and then I think our plan also is for premium pause to generally land on, on land on Wednesdays uh, in part, because that gives us some flex at the start of the week and some ability to, uh, handle our production pipeline in a way that makes a lot of sense. So it'll be look for a premium podcast uh, hitting your feeds on Wednesdays if you are a subscriber. And then on Friday, Remap Radio will hit uh, public and ad-free feeds uh, simultaneously. So that is that is the plan moving forward. Um, we have an after dark. That'll, that'll also, um, or whatever yeah. we're calling that now. Um, but yes, there, there will be... The day that we uh, signed the paperwork um, to assume control of the business and the day after we decided on the name, we recorded a like two-ish hour nighttime podcast with the three of us about where our heads are at. And that's where our heads were a week and change ago. <laughs> my, my head <laughs> as was we, as, halfway through a white claw. <laughs> that's where it was. <laughs> yeah, we had yeah, we hadn't like we hadn't picked podcast networks. We, there were no. so many decisions yet to make. There's so many small details we're going through. And and I'm sure we will record another one of those after all this launches and we can we can kind of catch our feelings and decompress a little bit. But if you want uh us at a high level of anxiety while pretending that we're not and we're totally <laughs> chill and fine. And so, and so that that episode will live on on the five dollar tier. And so, if you are subscribed at that kind of waypoint plus level, you will uh, get uh, access to that. And you know, in the future, you know, things like after darks, you know, we found ways to drop those throughout the the year when we have holidays and things like that. You know, if that's all that you know, if you can't, if you do not have the means to support us in that way, you know, that's okay. Like there there'll be ways to hopefully listen to some of that stuff down the line. Through the through the main um, uh, you know ad ad feed uh, and look at the end of the day it's like if you if you can't support us with with money like we do need to start those those reviews on iTunes all over oh, again that's right um, and so yes, please we're, we're starting from scratch uh, we're gonna be able to have that fun moment though that happens to every new semi popular podcast where I believe iTunes measures its charts to some degree on 
new like new subscribers, new reviews. And so people are like, we're number one, baby. And it's like, well, you're yeah, because everyone's brand new. That's not that data's a little misleading. But we get to have that. <laughs> yeah. And or it'll be, be real three. for us. <laughs> it'll be real for us. But like that is like seriously, like 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 you know, like tell people if they've walked away, give us, you know, tell them to come back, check out the new thing, or or go leave a review. That those things are we are starting from scratch with name, reviews, like SEO, like all of that is is from Brandon. So anything you can do to help us just share what we're doing or leave reviews, um, that that is incredibly helpful too. And uh yeah, I, I, as Patrick alluded to, like the way the way the after dark episode we recorded uh, is us sort of a fever pitch of anxiety. I'll be honest, I'm still at a fever pitch of anxiety. In in yeah. fact, Kato, uh, I'm a little concerned we didn't talk enough about video games. Uh, you know, at this on this podcast, this um, one on this, this one? one right here that we that we're doing. Yeah. Did, did mm. people know it's a video games podcast? Yeah, I think they do. All right, perfect. That's kind of why I loop back around to yeah. it. I was like, I think we should also tell people we're going to talk about it's the video games. It's a podcast. So I shouldn't put something. I shouldn't put something at the front of the show. Like, fear not, listener. Remap Radio is predominantly a video games podcast. That's what the po- we recorded that little trailer. We have a trailer, right? We have the, that trailer and that trailer. That's, that lives. trailer. You're right. That that trailer's doing lifting. That trailer's doing <laughs> yes. work. Yeah. Well yes. done, I recorded trailer. that. I recorded. Yeah. I, I I wrote that script to be like, "What's up, Normie?" Uh, <laughs> 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 wow rude all right so i think that covers all the bases uh we're gonna see you next week uh you know with what is actually going to be the you know not resumption of regular service i guess more the assumption of service uh the, the, oh and i won't be I'm not, I'm not even gonna be on the first episode oh that's, my god that's right because you i did not know we were recording we were publishing on fridays this is news to me on this podcast uh and i leave for Summer Games Well, Fest, it's important um, we get you on the Bear Thursday podcast morning. is the thing. And then mm-hmm, ideally, mm-hmm. hopefully people are going to be hearing from you during Games Fest. Right. Um, yeah. Maybe little, we'll little drop-ins. We'll figure something out. I'm, yeah, I'm, I, got, I got some microphones delivered while we were recording Hey, this, so did so I. Wanted... Notice anything different mm-hmm. about my audio, Patrick? <laughs> well, I think only Kato is ever going to notice anything <laughs> different about the audio. Other people I feel notice. like I notice. I feel like I notice things different about my audio. But anyway, I've, I've heard that. I think that Rob sounds Rob very different these days. That will uh, that will do it for like this sort of pilot episode. This episode zero in in the feed. Yeah, next week, it, you know, we're gonna start uh, putting together what remap is going to look like uh, throughout the next few months. Uh, but at this point, we'll just wrap it here and catch you next week. We don't even have a real outro yet. You know, we don't even have like there's gonna be music you're listening to. It's by Two Mellow. Uh, you can find uh, <laughs> Two Mellow's work at. Uh, <laughs> no, it is. It is Two Mellow it will Nates. Be? Uh, it will be. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Dunzo. Yeah. I mean, in in some world where it didn't show, we're, we'll have that eventually. Well, eventually, if, you know, some, eventually. Some, I'm just saying, like by by. Friday's yeah, fine. We can credit Two Mellow now. Yeah. yeah. No, no, Either way, everything's clear. We're clear to use everything. We got two, so you go to two mellowmakes.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Uh, and the track we are using here is Moments Pause. So that is that okay. is what we are using on this episode. Oh, right, right. But two right, mellow right, is right. working. Uh, two mellow is crafting right, a piece for us uh, later. We we commissioned a piece. Yes. Uh, yes. To, that would that would embody the spirit of remap. So should we also thank our the, the artist that did the the work on our our logo and yeah. and podcast art and all of that. 
Shout outs to Connor Fawcett. You can find all of his various links at linktree, linktree, slash bad bucket. All right, that has his Twitter, Instagram, all the things. Uh, and you can, he's mostly at bad bucket on, on, on all of those um, different things. So it's great, great podcast art, great logo. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's terrific stuff. It was really exciting seeing it come together. Um, and was one of those milestones where it's like, this is going to be a real business. This is good. This looks like a real yeah. official podcast. Uh, yeah. it was, it was right up there with when, when we got like a bank account for the business, all these little <laughs> milestones, uh, very stressful, but also very fun to cross off. And the one we're crossing off right now is episode zero. We'll catch you next week. And Hey, if you want to send us questions, uh, you can do so at questions at remap radio.com. Mm-hmm.